Shalom, everyone. It's time for Ancient Jewish Wisdom for a Modern World that will change your thinking and change your life. Welcome to the Dust of the Rabbi podcast with Rabbi Brian Baruch Belechi. Shalom, everyone. This is Rabbi Brian. I'm so glad you joined us for another episode of the Dust of the Rabbi podcast. I am on today for our third episode in this new third season. We're talking about prophecy pivots. We're talking about aligning believers. Mm -hmm. We're talking about getting a revelation, understanding what's going on in our world today. Mm -hmm. And I'm here with my dear friend, my brother from another mother, the Boricua of of Destiny Church. Come on, Puerto Rican pastor, but he's an international man, a global man. And what you have done for the church is you've always given us forward thinking. And we were talking last episode about all the things going on in the world but how the church should align itself and position yeah. itself during this season. Yeah, and I think what you've done masterfully is taking the ancient Jewish tradition yeah. and bringing them into a modern world. You know, I was reading this tweet yesterday that kind of was a little like, hmm, and that is that this next generation doesn't value tradition right. as much as previous generations did. And that can almost be a detriment, yeah. right? Because traditions are great, but what they do is they're foundational. Yes. Keep you connected, they keep you connected. to the older ancient ways that yep. are still foundational principles. Yep. For there was a period of time that the church kind of got away from this whole idea mm-hmm. of foundation, right? Yeah. As if the Bible started at Matthew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, and I mean, I'm like, I, I mean, I love the grace movement. I believe in grace, but grace started in the garden. Yeah. It, it, it God was even, showed them yeah, grace. A hundred percent. And, and, and Noah I, found grace in the yeah, eyes of the Lord. Yeah, and I never seen, I'd never heard nothing like that. And I'm going, man, something's missing. Yeah. And I remember, I remember us having this conversation that we have to incorporate the law of God yes. with the grace of God. Absolutely. Well, if I only know grace, mm-hmm. then how do I understand covenant? Right. I'm only knowing the benefit of it, but I'm not knowing the beginning of it. Or when you've broken it. Yes, Because 100%. sin is really just breaking the covenant. Yeah. which then misses the mark, as the Greek word for sin implies. It's an archery term that we need to keep shooting towards the bullseye. Now, if we were both with our arrows shooting at a bullseye and missing and getting in the left field, someone would say, hey, you're off. You're off. You're missing the bullseye. What are you shooting at? Yeah. And I question today, what are preachers, teachers, ministers, churches shooting for? Shooting for. What's the goal? What's we the need goal? to get back to hitting the bullseye because yeah. anything else is missing the mark. Yeah. And we do that because of lack of knowledge. We yeah. don't know. A hundred percent. And I think we, the problem is, is that we don't value the story. Yes. We just value chapters. Yes. Yes. And we yes. just value verses. Yes. And I think that's where the problem is. Yeah. And you know me, I love the Bible. Oh I yeah. Mean, when we first met, I remember oh, yeah. when we used to travel <clears throat> evangelistically, yeah. we'd go to preach places and you know, I would either be leading worship for you or I'd be doing daytime classes or preaching in a night service. Yeah. Sometimes we do weeks of revival. Yeah. Whether it was two weeks or like yeah. 22 weeks. Yeah. Remember? No, hundred percent. We had a lot of times to spend together. And sometimes when we're traveling in the car, we'd get into this topic about scripture and we go back and forth. Oh yeah. I miss the days where believers used to get together and study scripture. Oh yeah. And one thing I learned in the Jewish world when I began to sit under the rabbi that you introduced yep. me to, you met him first and uh, he was in Desert Hot Springs, mm-hmm. Dr. Alon Barak and uh, being a rabbi and really being raised Jewish. But then his stepfather 
baptized him Christian, Church mm. of Christ, mm-hmm. and he lost that identity. And then when his grandmother was getting ready to pass, she revealed to him, you know, you're Jewish. Mm. And he began to get the pull from the Orthodox rabbi in town, trying to win mm. him over to Judaism. Mm-hmm. And then he would also get the Messianic rabbi that says, you don't have to let go of Jesus. You can just embrace your Jewish roots mm. and still believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was the environment I began to mm-hmm. be a part of mm-hmm. because you met him first and said, you got to meet this rabbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the journey began for yeah. me to reconnect to my roots, but also to move forward yeah. and be that forward thinker that you always reminded me, hey, don't get locked in. Yeah. You know, because are you a Peter or a Paul? I said, no, yeah. I'm a Paul. Yeah, I'm yeah, called yeah. to both Jews and yeah. Gentiles. I stand for that belief that I can't side with one or the other. Right. As much as I am for Israel and the Jewish people, I also have to think for the non-Jew who's a believer in in Jesus and Messiah. And I don't want to ever be caught between like taking sides. Yeah, You always say, we're not here to take sides. We're We're here to take over. A (laughs) hundred percent. That's what we do, right? (laughs) That's right. It's kind of interesting because the way God formed your life, right? And you would always be the one with two suitcases of commentaries. You know what I mean? Back in those days. Now you just have, now you have your iPad. Thank God for that, right? Can you imagine? You know, sometimes I think about it when I go to the airport, I'm like, God, we used to carry these luggages full of lexicons and commentaries. That would have been 35 bucks each. Yes, You know what I mean? Exactly. That that would have been $70 for our study, man. Thank God for iPads, right? Thank God for an iPad. But you know, the thing is, is that I think what's beautiful is that, you know, when you got this whole discovery, I think what happened to your life was like finding it was not the focus point. It was revealing who you are. That's exactly. And I think purpose and destiny, purpose and destiny. Right. And I think that when we think about Jesus and we think about the Messiah and we think about, you know, even his own complexity. Yes. Born to a virgin. Right, right, right. Man, like. I mean, you could be considered a bastard by many right. because you're like, where's your father at? 100%. You could be disqualified from being the very person you're called to be yeah. because of the talk of the town. Yep. And God was very specific how he let the pieces play out. Yes. How he allowed the pieces of the puzzle to come together. Yes. And it's this tapestry and it's, yes. it's like woven together yes. from Old Testament prophecies to New Testament yep. prophets and apostles. Yeah. That the foundation of the church began but yet we can't forget the foundation, Mm-mm. which is what God did with Abraham and his descendants that became yeah. Israel. Well, I mean, and I think that as a believer, you know, you accept Jesus, yes. right? But you have to also look through Jesus. Right. And you don't really understand what you get. Yes. Right? Until you go through him. Yes. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know. There's a package deal here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm an heir to Abraham. That's right, legacy. I didn't know that, you know, when God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he made a covenant with me. Yes. You know, and so, so I just think that what's beautiful about what you're doing here on this podcast, which I really enjoy, is you're taking this ancient book that's very complicated. Yes. You simplify it yes. in a relevant way, right? I always say, always tell, tell our pastors, you know, when people come to church, they're, always, they're coming from environments that have so much complexity. Yes. Right? I deal with business people. They're dealing with a bunch of complexities. You know what people are looking for? Simplicity. Simplicity. Man, would you just break it down to me yes, simply? Yes, you know yes, what I mean? Yes. And then you're like, oh, I get it. I understand, right? But I think that that's what happened in your journey. What yes. happened in your journey was God had all these complexities mm-hmm. and I found my roots. Yeah. And when I found my roots, 
it's simplified everything. Yeah, now I know I my think purpose. that's why people need to get in the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Life's going to bring complexities, but the Bible yeah. brings out the simplicity of it. Yeah, yeah. One of our board members, you know, he would always take me to lunch and ask me one question. Oh, yeah. When is Jesus coming oh, yeah, back? yeah, 100%. Because anytime something would go on in current news, like it's oh, happening yeah. today, he'd go, okay, I need to have lunch with you. I said, I know what he's going to ask yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is Jesus coming yeah. back? And I said, okay, let's let's start with the beginning. Yeah. Because I think we have to understand, we talked about last episode, that the world is broken. Yeah. And we know that Adam and Eve fell, and they are the mother and father of all humanity. Yeah. And then God starts again, and then Noah has to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the father to a whole human race yeah, again because yeah. the earth was flooded because yeah. the world was broken. Yeah. And then in every generation, God kept trying to reveal something. And I think it goes back to Genesis. The seed of the woman mm. will crush the head of the serpent. Mm, mm, mm. And the serpent has always been this symbol and the embodiment of a fallen angel or mm-hmm. spirit. Some call him Lucifer. Yeah. Some call him Satan, the Whatever. devil. Some of the Jews in the Jewish world will just simply say it's the evil in man, the evil inclination. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you call it. Evil came into the world. Yeah, evil came and into right the And right now world. they're calling evil good, as Scripture says. That's exactly And true. so where did the evil begin and how do we stop it? Yeah. So God prophesied that there was going to be a woman. Yeah. And then she was going to bear seed. No mention of a man. Yeah. Some even say that is the first speaking of the gospel. And this is the first prophecy that there would be a virgin birth. And we could go back and forth on that because right. that's not even the whole context. Right. The whole thing is we've been looking for someone to come and fix the mess. Mm. And so every prophet, every priest, every king, every patriarch of Israel that did good things, there would always be something they would do that was evil. Yeah. They couldn't stop the plague. Yeah. Couldn't stop the bleeding. Couldn't stop the hemorrhaging. Put the Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the prophets, especially like Isaiah and, you know, mm. Jeremiah and... Uh, Micah, Daniel, they began to prophesy about this anointed one. Mm. And the Hebrew is where we get the word Messiah, Mashiach, mm. anointed mm. one. They take oil, pour it on the top of the head of mm-hmm. the next king, mm-hmm. the next prophet, mm-hmm. the next priest. For instance, Elijah mm-hmm. anointed Elisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he also anointed the next king, mm-hmm. and also priests were anointed. Aaron would anoint his sons. Yeah. And in Jesus... This prophecy is fulfilled threefold. He's our king. Mm. He's our high priest. Mm. He's a prophet like Moses. Mm. He's anointed. Mm. So when you translate that into English, it's translated Christos is the Greek. Christ is the English of that. And we miss something. All of the Jews in Jesus' time were looking for the anointed one. Yeah. And today, Jews are still looking for the anointed one. So mm-hmm. there were all these prophecies, talking about this prophecy yeah. pivot, that showed you when, where, how. Mm. Born in Bethlehem. He would be probably raised in Nazareth because it's the city of the branch. And mm-hmm. that's a whole mm-hmm. prophecy un- unto that. He would also unite all the tribes of Israel. So mm. he picked 12 men to reach the 12 tribes. Mm. <laughs> all from Jewish stock. And then what happened, the message was shared with him for three and a half years. And many of them got the revelation, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Yeah. You're the Son of the living God. Where'd they get that from? Yeah. They had to go back to the prophecies. Yeah. They had to go back to scripture. Yeah. And to see that there was a coming Messiah. Our biggest problem, though, is when he came, he couldn't fulfill a lot of works that he was 
supposed to do. Mm-hmm. There are certain people he couldn't heal. Mm-hmm. No honor, no faith, mm-hmm. right? There are certain things he couldn't do because he waited for Israel to receive him as king. Mm-hmm. And then he told them, I'm weeping over you, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. When I come back, mm-hmm. when I come back, you're going to say to me, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we're still waiting for him to come back mm. because what the Jews say when they don't receive Jesus as their Messiah, is they say, well, he didn't do what the prophecies that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So Christians answer back with, but he's going to do it in his second coming. Mm-hmm. And the bigger problem is we're in Old Testament, we're in the Hebrew scriptures as it say there's going to be a first and a, and second. a second. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's in there, yeah. but you got to dig for it. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful, man. And so that's a big question people always ask me. Well, then, you know, when is he going to come? Well, first right. of all, let's find out the prophecy that says that he is coming yeah. and what he's supposed <clears throat> to do yeah. for that fulfillment. And I think what's beautiful about that was the revelation of Jesus came by the closeness yeah. that they had. of the, dis- the dis- People constantly going to you yeah. about, Rabbi, I just want to know more about God. want to know more Bible. about Jesus or the more about the Bible, right? The joke around here at church is, <laughs> you know, Pastor Brian has lunch meetings every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everybody wants to take I him wish to lunch, I did. right? May at least once or twice a week. Yeah, and I, think, and I think what it is is, is that that revelation, you're the Messiah, comes with the proximity, yes. the closeness, yes. right? You've always, you know, your your whole podcast based is on based on that, yeah, on that principle. Yeah, the dust of the rabbi. The closer you are to yes. him, the dustier you get. And I just was, I just said this to a group of guys a few weeks ago. I said, "Man, distance creates distortion, while mm. proximity illuminates purpose." I love that statement. And and I think that in a time like we're living in today, as you eloquently shared it from Genesis to Jesus. It was basically when I'm close, yeah. I realize who you are. Yeah. But if I'm still at a distance, yeah. I'm gonna still try to figure it out, yeah. which I probably won't. You know what? You just said the word figure it out. This is one thing I love about rabbis. I learned this when I sat under yeah. Dr. Rabbi Alon Barak, is that rabbis don't give you answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They answer a question yeah. with another question. Yeah. And you know the old phrase, two Jews, yeah. three opinions. If you get two rabbis in the room, you've yeah. got probably 10 opinions. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to quote every single rabbi and scholar they ever studied under. Yeah. And they're going to even look at the opposites. You know, yeah. the, usually rabbis are paired in every generation in twos. Yeah. Just like disciples sit in twos. And it's usually they have a complete opposite of opinion yeah. of a topic. And the goal is not to get people to think like you. Mm-hmm. It's to get people that don't think like you that can sharpen you yeah. because you have to have an opposite edge for an iron yeah, to sharpen an iron. And on. so I think about the fact that when I sat <clears throat> under this rabbi, I sent him my PowerPoints. Remember the PowerPoint? Oh, Remember yeah. the one we did on questions? Oh yeah. And we talked about Judaism and oh, Mormonism yeah. and we talked about Catholicism. Oh yeah. I sent him my PowerPoints on the Jewish wedding feast. I sent him my PowerPoints on Passover. Yeah. All the stuff I used to teach and people say, you know, we always called you rabbi even before you became one because you always talk about everything Jewish. Right. So I'm thinking, I'm going to send him this stuff and he's going to be wowed. You yeah. Know, like, and then I found out I didn't know everything I thought I knew. He didn't say a thing to me, but he says, I said, well, what'd you think, rabbi? And he said, well, it was good. I said, oh, wait a minute. It was uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, you're supposed to say it's great, right? Yeah. And he goes, no, there, let's just say it this way. There'll be a lot of things you're going to learn in this journey. Wow. That's why we call our discipleship or destiny a journey. the journey. Because yeah. I learned a long time ago, it was a journey for me to sit under him until he moved to Israel. Wow. It's a journey for our people to be in life groups, to be in discipleship classes, 
to become a disciple, become free, to become a leader. It's a journey. You the don't journey. get there overnight. No. The disciples didn't get the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah overnight. And this is one thing I learned. I need to be a better learner yeah. than a teacher. Yeah. Because the best teachers are great learners. Yeah. You know, uh, I was having a conversation with Dr. Mark. He used to be the president of Fuller Seminary. Oh, yeah, Dr. Mark. And he said, said something to me yesterday. He said, repentance is revealed by it being lived out. Wow. He says, it's not just, let me repent with my words. With my words. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the actions. Living it out. Yes, so true. And and going along with what you said, that true conversion isn't something that happens in a moment. Right, right, right. But that's what's taught in the church. Yes. What's taught in the church, if you just lift your hands. Just say the you words. confess your sins. Yes. Your life is changed. Yeah. No, your life is saved. Right. But it doesn't mean your life is changed. Faith without corresponding 100%. action is dead. With the end of the day, you have to live it out. Yes, that's true. And that, and I believe what the dust of the rabbi is, and what I believe what we're talking about here is there's a difference between, listen, I am in this to be saved. Right. Or am I in this to be changed? Yes. And change doesn't happen overnight. Right, right. It's a journey. It is a And journey. that's what's so powerful. Even Jesus in the scriptures always answered questions with questions. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, and so like, for instance, he's getting ready to give his last like discourse in uh -huh. Matthew, Matthew yep. 24. And there's a series of discourses and talks he has. Mm -hmm. This is a big one. And he begins to, I love his illustrations. Yeah. He's walking among the destroyed temple of Jerusalem. The Solomon's temple was destroyed. There were some stones left that were not put back in place. They were left on purpose. Mm -hmm. And the big talk among Jews is these stones were left there so that when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us what to do with them. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so he says, see this temple, this, these stones? He says, not one stone will be left upon another, mm -hmm. meaning it will be totally destroyed. Now, the funny thing is they had rebuilt the temple mm -hmm. since the days of Solomon. Mm -hmm. They called it Herod's temple because mm -hmm. he refurbished it yeah. from the days of Zerubbabel yeah. and Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah. And so he's walking with his disciples. And he starts telling them the temple's going to get destroyed. They're like, wait a minute. And the, remember, the rabbis, the sages said, wait, it took us 46 years to build this thing. And now you're going to destroy it? What's going on? Because he was talking about his body instead. And so he's walking among these stones, and they begin to ask him questions in Matthew 24. When will all these things be? Yes. What will be the sign of your yes. coming and the end of the age? It's technically three, three questions. questions. The first one when will the temple be destroyed? Yeah. These things you just talking about, one stone will not be left upon another. And then when will you come? Yeah. And then a, another one, when will be the end of the age? Yeah. They saw that as different. Yeah. So there's something that Jesus is going to do in his second coming to set us up for the, for end, the end, end of the age. 100%. And I think that's where we don't understand scriptures because we're not asking the questions about yeah. the questions. Yeah. So he purposely threw questions at them to get them to think. And I think what we'll do in some of the next episodes is we'll unpack some of the questions that lead us to the right answer. Yeah. Even if we have to go back question after yeah. question, we might even take some questions. Yeah. Because I get flooded from a lot of our previous Bible college students, oh, yeah. from some of our leaders. I get it from the Jewish world, the yeah. synagogue. I get it from the Christian world. I'm even getting it from the Muslim world right mm. now. A lot of Muslims will ask me a question. Wait a minute. The Quran says this. And yeah. then your Bible says that. And, you know, the, 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 the Torah says this. Yeah. And I think until we start asking the right questions yeah. to the right person, we're not going to get the right answer. Yeah, 100%. Because this is what one rabbi said. You know, one of our pastors used to, to lead the campus, actually, that mm -hmm. I'm at right now, Pastor Jeff Osborne, 
he took me to an event in Beverly Hills yeah. where there were there are all these Jewish men that are wealthy men were paying for Christian pastors to go to Israel for the first time yeah. so that they see it for themselves, see the blessing there, see the culture of the Jewish people, bring that back to their church, and then, of course, hope hopefully they'll yeah. take them on a tour. Of course. And so the rabbi of Beverly Hills said this. He says, okay, I'm going to tell you a little joke. You know, us Jews and Christians, we don't all agree on who the, the Messiah is. And he says, okay, so when he comes, we just got one question for him. Is it your first coming? <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. your second. Yeah, yeah. And all the Jews and all yeah. the Christians in the room just start cracking up because yeah. it is an ancient feud, question, conversation. Yeah. It needs to be had. 100%. But people want to know. Yeah. And so I love that. You know, you have any final no, thoughts on I'm that? Good. I'm just excited because I think one of the things we'll be able to do is we'll talk about did Jesus fail? Yeah. Was it a failed attempt when he came the first time? Yeah. Or was it all a setup mm. for a comeback? Let's do it, baby. Come on. So Come on. we're glad you'll join us for another episode. That's the rabbi. We'll see you soon. We love you. Lehitrot. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, follow us for more episodes as you rate and review the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dust of the Rabbi podcast with Rabbi Brian Baruch Belechi. Shalom. Lehitrot. See you next time.